Welcome to Business Today with the MBA on Money Radio WPSE. My name is John Cray, President and CEO of the Manufacturer and Business Association, and it is truly my pleasure to welcome one of my teammates at the Manufacturer and Business Association with us today for today's program, Attorney Tammy Lamry Toman, Vice President, Employment Council. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us. If you would please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, John. I am happy to be here today to share some insight from our HR and legal services team. Um, as you mentioned, I am uh, one of the vice presidents here at the association as well as Employment Council. I've been with the association for over 12 years now. And while my role has changed slightly over time, it's always been to serve in a legal capacity. Uh, currently, I'm part of the senior management team here at the association. and I serve as general counsel to the association. But I also work very closely with our experienced and very talented HR services department team, serving members in a variety of ways. Um, the HR legal team uh, consists of Stacy Bruce. She's our director of HR services, and we have two great HR consultants, Rose Bruno and Rachel Sarkovniak. We assist our member companies in compliance with employment laws and regulations, and we assist member companies in all areas of HR. So that includes our HR hotline, um, our recruiting and onboarding services for new employees. We write um, handbooks, review handbooks, job descriptions. Really, if there's anything that um, our member needs in the HR realm, we try to meet those needs. Great. And just for, uh, for the benefit of our listeners as well, as you can imagine, as, as diverse as the MBA's membership base is, you know, we've got literally, and we're very happy to have, um, some of our members have as few as two or three or four employees. Some have as many as a 1,000. So as you can imagine, um, our team is working with literally it could be the owner, especially if it's for a smaller company, who maybe may know very much about their business, but the challenge is what's the law? How do I handle this situation? Um, it could be someone who's responsible for processing payroll who is also responsible for some of the personnel items. So again, a little higher, higher level of understanding, um, but still looking for some, some direction. Uh, and then we get clear into vice presidents of human resources and HR managers. So um, we couldn't be more proud uh, of both the amount of information that you convey to the businesses throughout the community, but also your ability to convey that at various levels. So um, as we know, uh, with everything going on in today, due to the COVID pandemic over the last four months in particular, um, we are well aware of many challenges that have been placed on businesses, and in particular, the individuals responsible for personnel and the human resource function, whether that be, again, the owner or the part-time HR person or that HR professional. So, um, Tammy, if you would please, uh, you know, based on, on the interactions that, that you've had with area employers over the last three to four months, can you share with us uh, some of the things that you've seen that have been some of the biggest challenges, especially when it does come to that HR role uh, of our members? What have they faced during this COVID-19 pandemic? Sure, John. Um, really, it, it, um, it's very different for each employer, I, I would say. But really, just keeping up with all of the changes in laws and guidance um, issued, whether that's at the state level, the federal level, or even at the local level regarding uh, COVID-19. You know, HR professionals, every day they're dealing with something new related to COVID-19. 
um, something for them to handle, something for them to consider. You know, uh, we uh, have many questions coming in, you know, uh, with respect to mask orders. Um, what do we do if someone tests positive for COVID-19? Uh, how do we administer the Family First Coronavirus Relief Act paid leave provisions? And some companies are dealing with reductions in forces, but it, it just really varies from company to company. But I would guess the biggest challenge for all of them that we hear is, is really just keeping up to date with everything since those guidance, um, those guidances and standards are constantly changing and evolving as we learn more about COVID-19. Sure, and then I know <clears throat> we've experienced it as well. Um, where those changes, um, especially at the state level, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've we've seen situations where um, the announcement came out and it was going to be effective 12 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, that next morning. So, you know, the the issue of you you hear about it at three and you need to be ready first thing for for the very next shift, if you will. Um, can you share just a few examples of of how some of our members have been uh, addressing those challenges and how we've assisted them with those? those issues? Sure. Um, well, a lot of HR professionals are reaching directly out to us as a resource, and we're very happy to assist. Um, you know, we are here to help filter through the onslaught and that constant flow of information that's out there. And John, you know that there's always something new out there, um, you know, maybe even conflicting information. And that's what we're here for. We're here here to help. So a lot of, you know, people are reaching um, out to us directly, but we have um, so many other resources and tools to help companies during um, this unprecedented time. And, you know, we, and I'll go through some of them. You know, first of all, you know, it's that HR legal hotline that we have. It's never been busier. Uh, members are emailing us, calling us re- regarding uh, HR matters surrounding COVID 19. But we also have this great tool called the HR Listserv. And members are really using that and reaching out to one another. Um, it's a place where HR professionals can reach out or um, bounce ideas off of each other, ask questions, just get some other ideas. What, well, what are you doing? This is what we're doing, but maybe it's not the right thing. Maybe there's better ways to do this. Um, you know, maybe there's no legal component to it or compliance component to it. It's just like what's, what fits best for our culture. Um, but we also created the COVID-19 employers resource page, and we did that along with our government affairs department, John. Uh, and there's just a lot of useful information and tools and resources for companies to use on there. And that's what employers are doing. We've heard it time and time again, you know, when they're calling us, they're, they're using those resources. And I think those are some of the ways they're addressing those challenges is reaching out to us. And we, again, we, we couldn't be more happy to help. That's great. That's great. I know as we as you reference the the HR legal hotline mm-hmm. and the HR listserv, you know, those are um those are benefits of being a member with the MBA. So so as a dues paying member we're able to assist them with those th- mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Um we also saw the importance and the need to assist the business community as a whole. And so while those first two things are 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 restricted to members that members of the MBA, that COVID-19 resource page, we purposely put on the very home page. So it's available to all employers and we're encouraging them um, through our members to encourage all employers go there. That information's for everybody because as we see it, you know, um, the, the better the economy goes, the better our members are going are gonna to make out. So this is our way of trying to give back to the community. I know you guys pull, put together uh, a number of complimentary complimentary webinars on these yeah. topics, again open. They, they were not limited to members. So, uh, while we certainly are very pleased to assist our members during this challenging time, we have also recognized the need, and you guys have done a fabulous job of helping any employer. And so, again, we thank you for that. 
Today's program is another way of us trying to assist all employers throughout throughout the community. So great stuff, great stuff. Um, Tammy, now that, that Pennsylvania, you know, we've been in the green phase, um, while there's certainly some questions and some concerns of, of us staying there, and it's critical that we do and everybody do their part, what are some of the challenges that companies are facing uh, as they are reopening? Well, one of the many challenges is simply getting employees comfortable with being back, John. Um, there are there's so many reasons we hear of why employees cannot or, or will not come back to uh, the workplace during the pandemic, and those range from uh, and the employee may have a disability uh, based on their age or maybe they have lack of child care. You know, we've even had issues where the employee just would rather collect UC benefits. Um, you know, that, that issue is going away um, some, but there, there's just so many reasons that employers are hearing. But there are also employees who have been out of the workplace for so long that they don't want to come back based on just simply a general fear. And that's what we're hearing uh, quite a bit. And that, and so that's, that's a big challenge. And, you know, despite an employer's best efforts to create that safe work environment, some employees are scared to return to work based on nothing beyond that general fear of rejoining public life uh, while this pandemic continues. In those situations, we tell employees, or employers, I'm sorry, that communication really is key to alleviating that fear. Um, actively listening to your employee, have a conversation with them. You know, what, what are their specific concerns? Are they reasonable concerns? You know, as an employer, you should consider whether it's already um, been addressed. Maybe, you know, your cleaning protocols have been in place and they're just not aware of those. Or maybe there's some additional steps that, you know, you need to take or could take. So often having that conversation with the employee and explaining the safety protocols that you have in place, that's all that's needed. Very good. I know based on feedback we've received from our members, but also what we've experienced, um, the level of care and the level of safety within the employer's facility um, more often than not exceeds anything they would find exactly. outside. You know, and this is uh, certainly not not a knock against a a, um, a grocery store or something like that because thank God they're open. Um, but but again, they can only control so much when it comes to their guests and their traffic. Where within the employment workspace, they are st setting things up in a way that not only encourage social distancing, but the structure is such that it, it happens. So again, we're very thankful for all employers that can be open, and but in particular to try to ease that concern for their employees. And we really find that employers just want to do the best thing um, for, for the safety of their employees and their customers and clients. So, you know, and, and that's one thing that should help, you know, ease employees' minds a bit. Like they're just trying to do the right thing and they're trying to make it as safe as possible. Sure. Well, besides cleaning and, and following uh, the mask and social distancing orders in place, what are some other things that companies are doing to help mitigate the spread of COVID-19 and, and ease the employees' anxiety of, of both returning and being at work? Yeah, so some businesses have implemented screening procedures, um, and those usually take place at, this, at the beginning of the day. They simply you know, are asking employees about any COVID symptoms that they may be experiencing. Uh, some employers are taking employees' temperatures. Uh, and of course, employees who have symptoms when they arrive at work or become sick during the day should immediately be separated from those other employees um, and, and sent home. Uh, so with, with sick employees, what the CDC recommends is that employees not return to work until they've uh, met certain criteria to discontinue what they're calling home isolation, uh, and they have consulted with a health care provider. 
Uh, it's important to note, though, John, that the CDC um, criteria there, it changes. It most recently changed uh, a couple weeks ago. So we do encourage employers to check that uh, website regularly or reach out to us. But, you know, that is definitely something that employers are doing, you know, the screening, the temperature checks. And we have some guidance on our COVID-19 resource page, like as you indicated, available to all employers on how to deal with screening and taking temperatures and what considerations you should make when you're doing that. Great. Um, Tammy, Kent, this is getting into a, a, a real, I'll call it a legal issue here or a technical issue, but can an employer require a doctor's note before allowing a sick employee to return to work? Yeah, so if you are doing those screenings um, and you do find someone that, uh, say, has a, a fever or maybe they're experiencing some COVID-19 symptoms, absolutely, as an employer, you can, if you apply the practice consistent, uh, consistently, you can require a clearance from a healthcare provider to return to work. Now, I, I do want to add that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they do suggest that employers not have such requirements during this pandemic uh, because of the access to healthcare providers may be limited. However, we do see that more and more um, healthcare providers are available. They are taking those um, visits from employees, uh, their patients. So by all means, yes, you, an employer can have that practice. They should apply it consistent, consistently though. Okay, gotcha. Um, what are some issues, what are some things that employers do need to consider when implementing remote work from an HR standpoint? Um, well, a couple things. Uh, we actually would recommend, you know, you making sure that you have a remote work policy in place. Um, some employers go as far as calling it an agreement, and it just lays out, you know, what the expectations are with your remote workforce. Um, that could, you know, mean, you know, reminding them that the handbook policies still still uh, remain in place. It could uh, uh, mean uh, reminding supervisors that, you know, the the, the same um, concerns that exist in the the brick and mortar workplace are going to be the same concerns and the, and the same issues uh, that you have to deal with with remote workers. So reminding them, you know, that there's still leave policies that need to be administered. Um, there's still FMLA requirements, ADA requirements. Um, you know, it's 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 really uh, just just remembering that policies still expand to the workplace um, at home as it does in the workplace brick and mortar. Uh, HR really needs to keep track of all the new requirements as well and the new laws that are coming out. Uh, again, that Family First Coronavirus Response Act, you know, that's still going to affect people who are teleworking or remote working. Um, so keeping abreast of, uh, you know, how that applies to uh, employees who are teleworking. And, and again, we have wonderful resources. We have a whole section for that FFCRA, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act on our COVID-19 employers response page. And really, you know, taking effective action requires leaders to conduct advanced planning, make strategic management decisions, and all of which will rely heavily on the advice and insight that HR can provide. Um, so, you know, really working as a team to get that remote work um, where you need it to be. Very good. Well, for those uh, that would like to utilize this opportunity very quickly, first of all, to to thank the area employers and their employees that those that are not able to work remotely, for them that are willing to go in and, and do their thing um, and do it safely. Specifically, this is a great opportunity for us to, to thank um, the healthcare and the first responders, um, 
and also, again, those grocery stores and all their employees, if they weren't going in doing what they're doing, doing it safely and making sure that we're safe going through their facilities, um, we certainly would be having many, many more challenges. So, um, Tammy, uh, as disruptive as this pandemic has been in each of our lives, um, we can certainly see the way as it impacted our, it has impacted our area employers and their employees. And on behalf of our listeners, we thank you and your team and your insight for what you've shared with us uh, both over the last four months, but in particular on today's program. Um, while these times are certainly unprecedented and most recently unpredictable, um, the value that you guys have brought to the membership and the area employers is greatly appreciated. Thank you uh, for joining us. We look forward to having you back again. Thank you. Um, and thank you to our listeners for joining us for today's program. This is John Cray in Business Today with EMBA on Money Radio WPSE signing off. Mm-hmm.